Hey mamas, welcome to the Being Mother Hustler podcast. I'm your host mother hustler, Kareen Mills. I'm a mama of two boys, founder of a tribe called Mother Hustler Nation, co-founder of the Game Changers Global Network, an insurance professional turned lifestyle entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and author. Each and every week, I'm bringing you stories and thoughts from mom entrepreneurs who will inspire you to take massive, imperfect action, unapologetically chase your dreams, and eradicate your excuses so you can quit treating your business like a hobby and turn your side hustle into full-time income. I know being mother hustler is not easy, but sisters, we are making it happen even in this beautiful mess. Thank you so much for being present with me today. Now let's go mother the world. Welcome back, everybody, to the Being Mother Hustler podcast. I'm your host, Kareen Mills, and we are going to have a solo episode together today because I'm going to share with you the journey that I am currently on that is not over yet, and it's ups and downs, and I think it's really important to be a little bit vulnerable about it at the same time, really be honest about how I feel in terms of this whole experience for my family. So welcome to episode number 70, solo episode. This is my 40th birthday episode, by the way. And I'm really excited because in the following episodes, you're going to hear a different type of episode I asked my kids, so I turned 40 just recently, this week actually, and one of the things that I wanted for my birthday was for me to be able to interview my boys, my sons. They are 10 and then the other one is turning 13 in July and I'm excited to just go into their heads and really have a conversation and capture the conversation with them see how far they've come. And I know they've come very, very far as kids. I also want to hear their raw experience with me. And I know there's probably going to be some not so good statements, but mostly amazing statements from them. And I can't wait to hear um, what they have to say. And I can't wait to share it with you. But today we're going to talk about selling my house, turning 40, living in the hotel, remodeling our next house, the ups and the downs, and a lot of the thoughts that I have. But before I go in and dive deep into this episode, I want to tell you a little bit of background. So I've been married to my husband since 2008. Our anniversary was 888. Uh, This is... He's actually owned the home that we just sold before we even um, got married. But he used to be like this excessive compulsive type person. In fact, when I met him and um, the first time I came to visit his house, his house was like a hospital. (laughs) 
it was so sanitized. It was so clean and literally it had zero clutters. And then he married me and I am not a cleaner. I don't like cleaning. I like to be tidy. I like to tidy up the stuff on the desk. But cleaning is just not my strength. So anyways, um, his excessive compulsive um, personality became compulsive. So the excessive was gone. And then he has, um, then we have kids and then the compulsive disappeared. And now he really just don't care other than his garage. Like my husband loves his tools, his toys and his garage space. So I'm just going to dive into it. So little background about this whole process. Last year, we sat down with a realtor named Dale Ward, amazing realtor. Shout out to you, Dale. What is up, sister? Dale, I hope you're going to come to my podcast soon. I know you're so super busy because she's just a queen of a lot of networking and events. And of course, her real estate boutique shop. But she's also hosting us on a boat over at the Columbia River in Portland, Oregon for her customer appreciation event. And we're really excited to get on the boat with her. But I have invited her multiple times in my podcast, but we haven't made it happen. I promise we'll make it happen soon. So we sat down May of last year, 2018, to really have an initial conversation about putting our house in the market, you know, and one of the things that kind of occurred in the conversation is that the best time to sell a home is the springtime and not just any springtime, you guys, but early springtime. And her reasoning to that was because you still don't have a lot of competition. You know, it's a toss to have real nice days, in the Pacific Northwest here in uh, between Washington and Oregon, which we are on a border state, we still get some rain in the springtime. In fact, it is during the springtime when we get a ton of rain. So in any case, we sat down in May and unfortunately that is late, late spring going into June my husband and I just didn't feel like it was the right time. We didn't feel good about making any decision. And if there's anything that I've learned since five years ago when I started this spiritual journey is that we truly have very little control of what happens. We only have control of how we react to what happens. But how do you know how to react to what happens the right way. And the right way for me, and this may not be the right way for you, is to listen to your gut instinct. And my gut instinct has never, ever been wrong. And we call it gut, right? But I believe in my hearts of hearts that it is my soul telling me to do it or not to do it. And at that time, my soul was not in agreement with my thoughts. Like my thought says, 
I want to sell this house now and move on to the next house. But then my soul was telling me like, don't do it. Sit back, stay put, give it another year. Dale said early spring. And as soon as the first month of the year rolls in, before it ends, reach out to Dale and start creating um, a conversation again. So we did that and we just kind of like, nah, we're not ready. I thought all along, that's why I called her in May. I thought all along, which I think a lot of you thinks is that the best time to list your home is during the summertime. But summertime gets busy with families and our home was, you know, a family home. A lot of people take their family on a vacation, whether it's a vacation outside of the country or a vacation within, you know, the states where they just drive to another state or just a staycation. But people don't really, I guess, want to do a lot of house hunting around the summer that much. And I'm not sure why that is, but that's what was told to me. And that is what I'm telling you as a person who is a messenger. And so around February of this year, 2019, so we roll into 2019, sat down with Dill again, finally got to meet with her. She came to the house and she sat down and she was like, so we're ready, right? And I'm like, yes, we are. Like without a doubt, I said, I know we're ready because I can feel it. I I just can feel the exhilaration. I'm so exhilarated. I love the way everything is working out right now. I feel really good about making a yes ma'am decision today. And so we walked through the house and we looked through some items that really needed a lot of work. Um, There was a room and unfortunately this was a master bedroom. And my husband and I, we have been remodeling this house for the last, I don't know, 10 years since 2008, maybe 11, actually 10, 10. I'm going to stick with 10 because I remember the 08, 09 winter where the heavy, we had like the whole entire Portland was covered with very heavy snow and That was when, because we were like bored, (laughs) we started peeling off the, like our house had all these like old school wallpaper and we started peeling off all these wallpaper, right? And once you peel off those wallpaper, you start seeing like, oh shoot, it actually looked better if we left it alone. And so you have this realization that like, okay, you're committed now. You're not going back. So we just committed to it. And um, we had some damage on a roof that needed to be replaced. So we replaced the roof. Our fence was shot because there was a really bad windstorm where we used to live. So we replaced the whole fence. The siding of the whole house was also replaced. I mean, guys, when you start, like it all started with peeling off this stupid wallpaper that covered the whole freaking house. And so if you, let me give you some advice here. If you live in a house 
that has wallpaper and you've been wanting like dying, not just wanting, but dying to freaking peel it off, but you're not ready to do like this bunch of remodeling or refreshing your home, do not do it because it's going to look more awful versus you versus if you didn't peel it off. So try to resist from that because once you do that, you're committed to one thing and then it leads to another and it leads to another. And it's just that, that energy guys, I believe in energy, right? I believe in God, but I believe that around in our surroundings that there's so much energy. And the minute that you peel that nasty, ugly, ivy print looking, which was ours, wallpaper, the energy of remodeling will just keep coming. And so we did that. So anyways, we started there. We ripped out like an oak, heavy oak built-in entertainment center. And when we ripped out the entertainment center underneath it, now remember we already had a very nice carpet like in great shape. When we ripped out this entertainment center, I mean, this is so much fun, but so stupid, right? There was this green shag carpeting underneath it. And this is why I'm telling you, unless you're ready, like we weren't ready at all, but we were excited to just like get over this whole old school and no offense to those people that are still in that sort of environment in their house. I'm just telling everybody my experience, right? And how one thing leads to another. And so when we ripped out this whole entertainment center, because we wanted to like have modernized look in our home, there was this green shag carpet and both carpets did not match at all. It was so hideous. So we had to like rip out the entire house's carpet again to match everything. And then we started repainting everything after. And around this time we had, you know, we're having kids, we're repainting nurseries, we're making decisions on colors. And I mean, all these things, like I never do things simply. I always do things when it stack up on top of each other, like just get married, uh, pregnant, peeling off, a wallpaper, start remodeling. And like, it's been a 10 year journey. So finally, just to fast track is when we sat down with Dale and Dale walked through the house, she noticed that our master bedroom is the one like mamas were always on the last of our lists. Remember that, right? And so <clears throat> obviously my Master bedroom was the one that had pending work. Everything else in the house was updated, except probably our guest bathroom. But everything else, and it wasn't bad anyways, like our guest bathroom, it was doable. But in in our master bedroom, it was not good. 
when you're doing these remodeling and you're living in it, you get to a point where you just are exhausted. You're just like, I don't want to do any work anymore. Can we just please stop after? I think we stopped like three or four years ago. Imagine living in in a in a room in a space where there's pending work and you're just like done. I'm not going to do anything anymore. I've done so much in this whole house. We hide everything anyways when people come over, right? That's where you hide things is your bedroom. So we just let it go. And once we finished the work, so we agreed, you know, we signed the agreement, the sales agreement with Dill. Once we finished the work, my husband and I literally had our jaw dropped and said to each other, why in the hell did we not do this five years ago? Because guys, here's the thing that happened. We hired it out. You know, by this time, we had to rush and get it done faster, sooner than 10 years. <laughs> so we had to hire a contractor to finish whatever was left over. And then we started Again, it snowballs, right? And then we started saying, hey, can you can you go ahead and caulk the holes of, you know, the picture, you know, the pictures that we hang on the wall? It's going to create holes. And we wanted to make it look really nice for the next owner and also attract buyers that way and not have a lot of eyesores. So we wanted to minimize as much eyesores as possible because when you have buyers walk through your home and your home is not appealing, they're going to nitpick every little thing and they're going to talk themselves out of it because of those every little thing that they nitpick. Get it? So we hired him to repaint the living room. We hired him to patch holes. We hired him to cock some nails on the trims. We just hired it and it was so much better. So if you're in a position, this is another tip for today to hire, please do. Because not only that it's less stressful, it's only money. You guys, you can go to work for that, live a more quality life. And I'm telling you, there is nothing better than not having to worry about your remodel. So because we did all that, we put our house on April 4th, early spring. Remember, that's another tip here. Early spring is the prime time to put your house on the market. According to my beautiful realtor, mother hustler, Dill Ward, because you don't have a lot of competition because everybody else think early May, first week of May is the best. Or if you're like me, you thought summertime is prime time, but it really isn't. And when you get to August and you still haven't sold your home, according to Dale, you're going to sit on that home for a long time. Not always, but for the most part, because everybody thinks summertime is the best time, there's going to be a lot more inventories and you're going to have a lot more competition. So 
We put our house on the market April 4th. We actually identified, I've been eyeing this house for six months. And we finally got here. This house was beautiful, right? I thought I was going to get it because it's just been sitting in the market for, I think it was almost six months, no bites. So I'm like, I'm going to manifest this home. And when April 1st comes, I am going to make an offer or we are going to make an offer on this beautiful, newly constructed, secluded home. If there's anything I want to tell you today, life doesn't always work the way you want it to be. And when it does not, that doesn't mean that manifesting doesn't work. Because manifesting can work later on if you continue to manifest it. Sometimes I say that the source just said not today, but not today doesn't mean never. So if you have dreams and aspirations in this life, do not quit manifesting them because they don't have to happen right away. They can happen in their own time. They have already been created for you if it was indeed for you. And if it was indeed for you, it just depends on the timing of your life. So manifested this thing for like, I don't know, for a very long time. So I was pretty sure I was going to get this house. 2,900 square feet built in 2017, priced right. I think it was, I think it was only like $550,000 and nobody's making an offer. So April 3rd, okay. April 3rd, April 4th was when we had already scheduled our home to go out to the world and all of the realtors on rmls.com and everywhere else. April 3rd, we get a phone call from the other realtor that I really wanted a house to buy. I was having lunch with my realtor, Teresa, here in Vancouver, Washington at Beaches Restaurant. And she gets a phone call. She shows me her phone and she says, this is the realtor from the other camp. She walks out the door in the back and speaks to the realtor and she comes in with a little disappointment on her face saying, they got an offer. We need to work on an offer for you right now. So we can be at least right next to the offer and she'll do everything. She even like, I sent her a picture of my family hoping that that was going to work. Right. But for me, like I was forcing it and you know, I think that the writing was already on the wall. Like I, I wrote a letter to like propose to the owner on top of like the legal document to let the owner know why we really want the house and who we are and what, you know, all these reasons to win this bidding war with the other person. We thought it was a hoax because it had been sitting forever and nobody's really like, making an offer. And all of a sudden we're making an offer and there's this other offer, only one other offer. And so 
if you really dissect that situation and you really believe in the flow and you believe that you truly have very little control over everything that happens in life, I was forcing it. I was doing all these things just to get the house. And in the end, I didn't get it. And I was very disappointed because I had already set my mind to this house, creating a visual in my mind. In fact, I drive to the house almost once a week for the last, I don't know, three months before we put our house in the market just to really visualize it like I'm going home to the house. It's really weird, right? <laughs> my friends are like, gosh, that's like stalker status. But it was empty. Nobody was living there. The old owner had already moved out to wherever he went. But I was like forcing to manifest it. And I think manifesting sometimes we think of it as supporting it with like actions. And it's true. We support it with actions, but I think we also should support it with trust and trusting in the process because the actions that I was taking was not really actions that it was like forceful actions. So I didn't get the house. We were very disappointed. My husband and I went ahead and still put the house that we lived in in the market, April 4th, and we had no plans. So we ended up going to the coast, the Oregon coast. We stayed there for the weekend. It was, um, to be honest with you, we really didn't enjoy much, even though we tried. I feel like we always had our thoughts while we were in the Oregon coast. Uh, we always had our thoughts about where we're going to go. What if our house sells? which by the way, that ex that's exactly what happened, you guys. So our realtor, so 4-4 was a Thursday, 4-5, we get an offer, 4-6, we had an open house from 12 to 2. And that same day, we get another offer. And I think we got another offer on Sunday when we came back, we had to pick one. And so in a couple of days, our house went pending. We picked one that made a overpri overpriced offer, like over asking offer. And they were putting a very significant down payment. And you, you want to look at those things because as a seller, because you don't want any hiccups that can happen during the process. You just want to move on. And imagine if hiccups happen in the process and you already identified a home and it can really F things up. So we accepted the over asking price offer on Sunday, that same day when we came back to town and um, we went into a sales process. We closed on five, nine. So remember we, we went pending. I mean, we could have closed in like two weeks because the other camp did not their bank weren't requiring a actual appraisal because of their significant down payment. <clears throat> so we closed on five, nine, but we asked to stay for another two weeks. So we rented back. Luckily the, the new owner of our home was very nice about it. 
because they still, um, I mean, they own their home free and clear where they live, but our home was a ranch style home and their home is two story and they are, um, retiring in a ranch style home. That's why they bought our home, but they weren't really in a hurry because they have a home. It was free and clear. It was paid for. So they gave us two more weeks until the 23rd. So five, nine plus seven, that's 16 plus seven, the 23rd. So we had until the 23rd of May to rent back to them. And it was a prorated rent, a daily rent on their principal and interest payment to their new loan. It was pretty cheap. And granted, my husband had actually been moving us out of the house to declutter for our house to be sale ready since March, first weekend of March. So we also have in the background a large storage unit that's full of my husband's garage um, items and full of the stuff that we decluttered the house. And when we moved um, on 523, prior to that, he'd also been taking a load every weekend, like twice, once on Saturday or twice, and then another one on Sunday to another storage that we have rented again because it wouldn't fit in one storage, right? And it's so crazy how much shit we accumulate over time. And I can only imagine for those of you that have a larger home, like my home was not large compared to many homes. And we had a ton of shit accumulated over time. And I did a a sale, like a garage sale, and it was like I got rid of so many things because I literally just gave gave them away. And I still had a lot of shit to move. So we had a second storage rented. And then, of course, nobody rents to you for short term, right? So short term renting does not exist like for a month. Nobody's going to rent it to you. So we had to identify a hotel that number one allows our pet Katie to come shout out to Katie. Katie was going to be talked about on the podcast today. And of course to fit my family of four and it was a tough, tough go. We were searching and searching. And finally we found this amazing homey place called Sinesta ES Their staff here is amazing. I'm still here with my family. This is our fourth week. We are um, finishing up here soon and I can't wait, but I enjoy my stay here at Sinesta. The staff are super friendly and they're so awesome. But let me tell you about this place. So in the interim, we are living in this hotel. They have an outdoor pool, an outdoor barbecue patio area, free breakfast every single day. It's a continental breakfast. It's got some really, really good options there. Um, For a mom, I was looking so forward to this because 
I did not have to make breakfast every morning. And so I'm kind of a bit sad that it's about to end because we closed on our new home um, June 10th. But it does need a lot of, um, you know, cosmetic work. So we're getting, again, we're hiring a contractor to do all the work because we're just, we got a taste of hiring from um, the other house on the tail end of owning it. And for us, we're never really going to do a lot of the work ourselves. Maybe we'll pick up, you know, a little bit of work that are easier my husband and I, we like to work together. It is really a way for us to connect. And we truly have a really good relationship because we're creating our life together versus apart. And now that we have the resources to hire, we are like, you know what? It's going to cost money. So what? It's only money. We know how to make it. That's how we're going to contribute to this project is go make the money so we can pay someone else to do it. So we agreed on that and we have about 20 days to finish all the interior work, um, major interior work. There's going to be a lot of leftovers to do, but we can have the contractors do that while we're already moving in there slowly. We are um, having the, well, let me tell you about Sinesta first, because I think I'm like jumping way ahead here. So Sinesta ES, they have a conference room too, to cater to people like myself. I need a quiet space to do and edit and produce my podcast. So right now I'm actually recording here with my guests when I have a guest in their conference room. They have two conference rooms here in Vancouver, Washington, one upstairs and one downstairs. I've never been to the upstairs one. I've always been using the downstairs one. I think I'm the only person that uses these conference rooms. They're really, really, really nice conference rooms. So I'm not sure why anybody wouldn't be using it. But hey, I'm getting my money's worth here. We are... Um, enjoying our stay here. The kids love the pool. We're going to be here for five weeks. By the time we leave, we close like exactly five weeks. And uh, tomorrow, or actually today, Sunday, we begin the first day of the last week. And so we're going to be out of here next Sunday. I'm so excited. But at the same time, I really, really enjoyed not having to clean because we have made service every day if we wanted to, although we chose to do it every week because they'll do more deep um, housekeeping once a week. So we just opted for once a week, every Friday cleaning. And then we have free breakfast for my kids every single morning. And the kids love it when my alarm goes off at 630 because they just head to the kitchen and the dining area and they eat breakfast there. Sometimes they have bacon and eggs. Sometimes they'll have omelet. Always they'll have their, you know, the usual cereals and milk. And then they'll have, um, my favorite is their oatmeal bar where they have almonds, cranberry, dried cranberries, brown sugar, uh, shredded coconut and then that's just a super healthy I don't 
eat breakfast because I in, intermittent fast from 8 p.m. the night before until 12 noon. So I don't really eat until between 12 noon until 8 p.m. But occasionally I crave for the oatmeal. So I would go there and like if they have the healthier options like the eggs and the bacon, I'll just have that for the weekend. But um, I'm just really enjoying it because as a mom, I get really like we have so many responsibilities to do. We have so many hats to wear and not having to make breakfast in the morning, not having to clean, especially me. I mentioned earlier that I am cleaning is not my favorite activities in the house. And I, although I'm super clean, like I promise you, I'm not dirty at all. And the outdoor pool, it's been really nice for the past four weeks that we've stayed here. And this is a tip that I did not even know myself. So here's a tip, you guys, if you were to ever be in a position like my family, that there's a gap between you selling your past home into moving in your new home or you're remodeling and you're hiring and you don't want to live there while you're remodeling, that for 31 days, so originally we were just going to stay here for four weeks. The general manager suggested that we stay, if we could, for 31 days. But now we're going to be here for 35 days because after 31 days, and I'm not sure if it's only Vancouver, Washington, or Washington, or Vancouver City Law, but after 31 days, the taxes of, I mean, those taxes for staying in a hotel can really be hefty. They fall off after you stay 31 days in these types of places where it has its own kitchen in it, it has its own amazing, you know, just just a nice space to stay. So we originally had a studio unit, and here's another tip for you. We had a studio unit, which is essentially my kids were literally sleeping on the pull-out bed, the couch, and my son, if you've seen him in my story, my Instagram story, he's very tall. And so his feet was hanging. So we were there for two weeks until they upgraded us into a two-bedroom, two-bathroom loft. This loft is amazing. It was such a relief for our family to be able to be in this current loft that we're in. It's two bedrooms. So my husband and I have our privacy. The kids get this, they have their own bed. There's two beds downstairs. So they have their own bed. But the most amazing part, they upgraded us for free. And so here's a tip for you. When you are in this position, the one thing that you can do is you can start small. I always love starting small. And then let them know of your intention that if there is a larger unit that becomes available, that you would like to be considered for a free upgrade. I'm telling you, it always works. I do that on airlines. I do that on everywhere I go, as long as I know there could be a potential upgrade. And so we got upgraded not just to a one-bedroom, but a two-bedroom loft. And it's like so much more space. So shout out to Senesta ES. And I've been like giving shout outs to a lot of 
people here because this journey has just, it's actually not complicated, but it's definitely tasking. And when you know that it's temporary, it's like, you're just not at ease all the time, you know, although it's so nice perk to not have to cook and there's outdoor pool and all these amenities, but it's not home, right? It feels like home. And pretty soon it starts feeling more home than not. So they upgraded us and we're so happy. But here's the problem. My mother, I love her and bless her heart. She'd always wanted to come once we had the house and check it out. And she's just being really a nosy mama to see where her daughter is going to live, what the house looks like, you know, just being mom. You know, I so get her. But she wanted to come. She can only come on the 28th to the 3rd of July, which is a problem because we're still living in the hotel. And this was a huge problem before because we did not know that we were going to get upgraded. So when my husband found out that my mother was coming, he was like, holy shit, where are we going to put her? We're in a studio, small little hotel room, essentially apartment, and there's no room for her. And guys, I'm telling you, flow, not force is the way that I live life now. And this is exactly what I told my husband. Don't worry. We'll figure it out. And two days later, we got offered this upgrade of a two-bedroom loft. Wow. When you trust in the, in the source, when you trust in the energy and you just say, don't worry, we'll figure it out. The energy literally figures it out for you. I promise you. And if it didn't, we knew we were going to figure it out no matter what. We might send her to my brother. We might send her to Ty's mom. I, I don't know what we would have done, but, but I know we would have figured it out. Or we might have just rented another unit, a studio unit for her. Or I had Ty, I told, I told Ty, you can always sleep in one of the bedrooms because by then it'll it'll be okay to just your family. I mean, you go home to your family after five, if you end your job at five, or if you're nine to five, you start at nine and you end at five. Why can't you do that for your family? And, and, and when you start a business though, you got to pour it all into pick up that momentum because that momentum is going to feed your business throughout. Your business is not going to grow by itself. So have a schedule. Yes. Put your, put it, put yourself on a schedule. If you don't put yourself on a schedule, like you would, if you were, you know, eight to five at a business, you're going to work around the clock. There will be no balance because you, when you're a business owner, you carry it with you wherever you go, including vacation. So treat it like you would if you had a schedule working for someone else. Why not? Yeah. I always say, why don't we do that for our family? But the fear sets in. That's why we don't. There, It has more to do with fear, I think, than it even does... I mean, yes, we're passionate, but again, we're always worried about being replaced. Which is really bad because we're worried about being replaced professionally. Mm -hmm. But we should also be worried about being replaced. And this is, this sounds bad, but as a wife and as a mom, because we're, 
as much as you want to say we're not replaceable, we really truly are. Absolutely. I mean, your kids get exposed to outside influence just on a daily basis, mm -hmm. even though you haven't physically replaced. Mm -hmm. Maybe on an hour that they're talking to someone, that's influencing them. Maybe in an hour that they're watching a video online, that's influencing them. You know, that's slowly replacing you if you're not there to mother them. You know, there's a, a proverb that I read on a regular basis, Proverb 31, a virtuous woman. And that really gives me my guideline on the kind of person I want to be. Mm -hmm. And I read it quite frequently, actually. But one of the um, verses in there is talking about how a virtuous woman, she speaks out of wisdom and the law of kindness. And that's really important to me. And if I am overworked, overextended, I my temper, I have a short temper too, right? And your, and your husband needs you to speak kindness and wisdom to him as much as the children. You know, and your family, you know, you, you hold your family together, right? The mother is the person really, truly the glue, right? It is super glue, <laughs> super glue. So we have to make sure we're always centered, you know, and, and holding that together, you know, so that everything else can, you know, if I'm not put together, uh, I notice my husband's struggles, not. right? And my children struggle. You know, at the business could struggle. I mean, I know it's a it's a heavy burden. Heavy I mean, the world. The weight, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's not a burden. So I don't mean to say it like it's just a heavy, yeah, heavy weight. It's a it's a responsibility. Yeah. It's an obligation. Yeah. You know, it's it's what you do as a mom, right? You know, mm -hmm. and if you fall apart, everything else falls apart. Yep. Everything else. Yep. So you got to be, and your kids like. Like I said, it, they suck it all in. They witness everything. They do. Um, so you got to be on your feet. <laughs> you got to be in your best behavior. Yes, you do. All the time. You can't, you don't have to be perfect, right? Mm -mm. But um, I'm learning how to see things in life through my kids' lenses. Because I, you know, I have conversations with them. Mm -hmm. I interview them. Kind of like your daughter telling you, you know, when we didn't have money. Tell me, how did that conversation come up? How did, like, how did you get to that? Was there anything before there was, that? There was. So um, we had gone to this little burger place. You know, the Don and Joe's. I don't know if you know them or not, but there's a little Don and Joe's. I believe that's the name of it. On your way out to Battleground, Washington. And there's this little burger place, and we stopped there. And we got the burger and fries, you know, and the little ice cream. And she says, Mom, do you remember when we used to share fries together? We didn't have a lot of money, so, but we would share these fries and, and split a burger together. And remember when we used to just have such a simple life? And I said, yeah. And, and, and I said, really, this is fun, isn't it? It's so enjoyable. We don't have to go, you know, to the Buffalo Wild Wings and spend 50 bucks today or whatever. We're just spending ten dollars you know on this little meal together and, and hanging out and having good conversation she says yeah and that's when she said you know we didn't have a lot of money that's when we had more time together that's when we did more things together mom yeah i said you're right you wow. know it's so profound right wow yeah and and it really 
It touches your heart. I mean, of course I got teary, you know, but I did look at her and I said, you know, moms are not perfect. We do the best we can. We try so hard, always always trying to give more and do better to a lot of, like you said, the work, like the weight is heavy. The weight is so heavy and make everybody happy. Our friends happy, our family happy, our clients happy, everybody happy, you know? She says, I understand, mom, you know, but I don't want you to, th- she said, cause she's almost 18 now, you know, this actually, this conversation happened not too long ago, but she's still very, I mean, she's very um, intuitive. Wow, so smart. But she says, you know, mom, uh, just remember, you don't have to buy me the really fancy stuff for me, you know, to be happy. So, wow. Whoa. That's awesome. Yeah. My Mother's Day card. So yesterday was Mother's Day. And my Mother's Day cards were not about what I've provided for them. It's what I've poured into them. It's how I've, it's the example I've set for them. And it's the love I've showed them and the acceptance and the forgiveness. Because you have to forgive too. When they get to a certain age, I tell you what, teenagers (laughs) are a lot of work. But there's reward, I tell you. The conversations you can have with your kids as they grow up are so profound. You learn a lot about yourself too, from their eyes, from their lenses. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you, that's a really good indication that they're not about the money. They're about the time. Mm-hmm. They're about the connection. The connection, you know, the human connection. We make such, we go to, to courses for it, for, for, for our profession. Yeah. We, get, we, take, we take this personality test upon personality test for our profession, for our clients. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with it because we should serve our client. But when I took the, are you my flock? My immediate thing was, oh, I can use this to become a better mom. Because when, because the other things weren't, weren't so important to me anymore mm-hmm. to where, when I say there's a way to train your client. And if, they're not trainable, they're not your client. And, and you have to be okay with that because if they're not okay with you having to leave a conversation because you have to go pick up your kids at school because they're sick, right? I don't want that client. No. You know, um, we train so much in our profession and we only use it for a profession, but we forget to use it for a family, mm-hmm. which in life, it's applicable all throughout in every aspect of life. You know, you're not dealing with a business. You're dealing with a human being. These are human beings that we're raising. They're going to go out in the world, and eventually they're going to have to make their own decisions. And hopefully they lean on us for support and wisdom Yep. throughout their adult life. But this is the most important job that we can have. Really it is. We're shaping a human being. Yes, and the connection that we make with them is super, like, critical. Critical. Not just important, but super critical. Mm-hmm. My kids brag to my mom about, because um, I'm teaching them so when they go to college or whatever they want to do in life, and if they're scraping by, they're not having to, you know, eat unhealthy stuff. Mm-hmm. So they always brag about how mom would get, a $5 Costco chicken and she'd make it until it's the bone. And the last thing she'd make is the soup with a bunch of vegetables with the carcass of the chicken. Like she'll save everything and we'll make, you know, we'll eat the chicken with rice and vegetables and then we'll 
I'll make, because we don't like the chicken breast, so we'll make it into like chicken breast sandwich or a salad. And they brag about how I can make that like stretch to so many meals. And yeah. I'm like, wow, I love that because, and I told them that one thing you can do when you're in college is get a crock pot. You oh, have yeah. to eat ramen. No. You know, it's like all these ramen joke about college. It's like, you don't really have to just eat ramen. You can have a crock pot making while you go to, to class and then have a home cooked meal. Are you right when you're yeah. <laughs> happy and you talk that. to my, Oh, I'm still happy. It's just my no, boys. Like, like not crying happy. <laughs> you make me cry. Um, what's, um, what is the most important lesson you learned from your mom? My mom is why I do this work. My mom is why she is. I was telling my sister today, every woman I speak to, I see my mother and my mom was somebody who was a teenager and she got pregnant when she was 15 and she had been disregarded and disposed of too many times to count beaten and raped. And I saw fierceness in her when it came to her children. And if somebody would have just sat her down and said, Judy, what do you want? What pain are you feeding this alcohol? How can I help you? I think her life could have been different. She's still here, but she's got Alzheimer's and, and uh, finally she's got some peace in her life. But my mom taught me how to love deeply and watching her be fierce with those kids taught me to be fierce in all ways. Wow. That's amazing. I love it. I love that part of every single one of my guests where they don't just talk about themselves. They talk about other people and their lives. Yeah, you know, because it really reveals the human in you and, and shows off where is all these fire coming from, right? Right. It comes from something and it doesn't just come from us. It comes from many different directions and it's a combination of um, everything that, that you love, you respect, you want to make a change on, you honor, um, all that good stuff. So my last question for you before we say goodbye, but before I do that is that I want to thank you for everything that you're doing to make a change in this world. Um, thank I, you. I appreciate that, um, that I, I know you, um, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily automatically value a connection until you look back and you're like, wow, this person was presented to me at that moment. And I'm one too that are just now reconnecting with my relationship with God because I was lost for a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, and life has, life has a its way of removing all that from you um, when it starts happening, when you're supposed to stick with it even more and double down on it when life's happening, right? Right. Um, anyways, but you are magnificent and doing all these amazing things. And I see your book when you post it and I see all that, but I have not really heard everything about your journey. And I'm sure this is not everything, but I cannot wait to read your book. Aww. And I'm excited to read it. 
So I want to commend you for all your drive and things yeah. that, that are in, that, that's making an impact because of you. So thank you for being Teresa. Right? Thank you, Corrine. You're welcome. <laughs> what is your definition of a mother hustler? That's my last question. Mother hustler. <laughs> I like that. I like that name. Um, what is my definition of a mother hustler? Somebody who just, you know, they, they no holds bar and, mm -hmm. and they, they just go after it. And, you know, one of the things, one of my groups is called Gals, Going After Life Sober. And it's really encouraging women to go after it. And that's what a mother hustler is, somebody who just goes after life, leaving nothing on the table. Like, like if I go in and I sit down in front of the TV, that little voice inside of me saying, what else could you do to make a difference in this world? That's a mother hustler. It's awesome. I love it because I believe in the same thing. And sometimes we think we're this little person in this little town and we don't think we can change the world, but really we can change the world. Oh my God. We're already every single one of us, every single one of us. And it may not be one of us in the front row that's doing all these things and taking on these, these bullets, right? These arrows. It may be the very boy that we are raising and we're teaching to have love and respect Yes. And that boy may be the leader, but it was yes. our part to yep. show them how to be strong warriors in order for them to, to fulfill that prophecy. To so pave, to pave the way. Yeah. So we're all doing our part. We're all doing our part. 100%. Yeah. That's yeah, amazing. Thank you so much. I oh, appreciate your you, time. Corinne. It was awesome. You're awesome. I can't wait to see where you take this, man. I'm really excited for you, Corinne. You're amazing. Oh, thank you. Takes one to know one. Yes, it does. <laughs> All right, my dear. See you later and I'll see you around social media. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, sisters, thank you so much for listening and always supporting the Being Mother Hustler podcast every single episode, every single week. I know most of you take screenshots of these episodes and share it all over your social media outlet. And for some of you that's left us a five-star review from the bottom of my heart, I'm so super grateful for you. Make sure you follow us on Spotify and subscribe to the show on iTunes. And it would mean the world to the entire Mother Hustler Nation community if you wrote us a five-star review. Because I'm telling you, this is not about me. This is not about you. It's about all of us in the community inspiring each other, learning from each other, and not allowing each other to make any excuses to chase our dreams. I swear I read those reviews and it fuels me to my core, makes me cry for great reasons, so I so look forward to reading those reviews. As always, sisters, don't forget to give, serve, live, and love. Have a mother hustling day.